there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host, Rich Polly, and joining me today is young Ben Hibbert. Hello. Even younger Liam Baker. I'm not the bestest boy anymore. You're the I mean, ugliest boy. I mean, he might be. bestest boy. And, and a, ma- a man of indeterminate age, Tim King. I think I'll take that. Thank you very much. I'm pretty sure that was 40 plus. I'm pretty sure you're younger than me. You're younger than me, but older than Liam. Well, that's, yeah, that's, I would say that's not hard, but you know, you can take that how you want. Younger than your hair and older than your teeth. There you go. Um, so, um, yeah, we've got I a from her. <laughs> I, w- I wish you did as well, because then you talk about something else every so often. Well, I have to get it out because everyone who's met me, who's never seen me, who's just heard me talk on the podcast, is always surprised when they see my baldy head. <laughs> You've got no hair. And it's really <laughs> easy to see your baldy head because you're so short that you can't yes. help but look at the top of it. That's fair. It's because you're deceptively tall. I always forget how tall you actually are <laughs> until you stand up. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're six foot. So, oh, care. he is big. big. He's tall and fat. I didn't think he's, they went together. He's a big and... <laughs> <laughs> I can't really say uh, that anymore, can I? Because you've lost weight. Just a little bit. I haven't lost any for ages, though. We'll have to start again. <laughs> still, you still Flattery. give good hugs, is what you're saying. Yeah, still cuddly. <laughs> um, I honestly, I thought when I when I started listening to the podcast that Ben was taller and Rich was way shorter. I'm happy it's the other way around. Connor Holmes keeps telling me that he's surprised that I'm not like a five foot two hobbit with hairy feet and... I'm like, okay, fine. Liam's also a certified giant. <laughs> He's a very, very large man. Although giants He's got a massive man's body and a child's head. <laughs> I'm, I'm a giant, melty, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> enough about this. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not bullying if everybody's having a good time. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we've obviously got a lot to talk about. So um, as keeping with tradition, um, AMG did um, their massive uh, drop the day after uh, you guys recorded last week. So I was I was out last week for um, for other reasons. Um, so we thought again about um, jumping on and recording a quick one um, to give like off the hip opinions. And then we thought, no, because the Internet's full of people with off the hip, badly thought through opinions. So instead, we're going to wait for a week try and do something a little bit more considered um and what's probably going to end up happening is we'll do loads of off the hip badly formed opinions anyway because you know we're talking really you know we've been talking about this a lot but um and then there's a lot of a melting pot of kind of conversations that have happened in different places about this um so the first thing to say is we've got new rules uh so they they've released a, an updated rules reference guide they've made a whole bunch of changes um they've called it x-wing 2.5 there's a there's an article that explains all of it um which anybody that's listening to this has probably read um but there is uh, an article that explains a lot of it um the long and the short of it is that the 2.5 rules are basically what scott has been playing on hexiled um, for about the last three months um because they trailed enough of them uh that people were able to kind of draw conclusions and mostly get stuff right so um for anybody who was at the sith taker open and played the sunday side event basically what we played there but with a few differences um 
so you you know you get actions on bumping you get damaged if you bump into friendly ships you might get damaged if you bump into friendly ships obstacles are nastier all of that kind of stuff um personally i'm okay with the new rules i think they're absolutely fine um i'm not the biggest fan of bumping but it adds a new dynamic to the game and makes you think about it differently um because it's no longer a you know a an amazing thing if you successfully bump a ship because they're still going to get to shoot you and they could still push damage through even though it's less likely that it'll happen but apart from that i'm perfectly okay with them um have any of you got any strong opinions on the on the new rules um positive or negative i'm slightly disappointed that the jedi can still do force stuff at range zero yeah yeah that's um, the thing we didn't know because, isn't it? that's the that was the because trick. the force point was always a bit of a it was a strength anyway weren't it to always have that mod yeah, but but I guess fluff wise, it's cool. I can't. It's one of them things, and it it's it's space wizards doing space wizard things. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess if you've blocked a Jedi and it's shooting you, it doesn't have another action. So if you're shooting it back, you've got a mod, and it's only got its force to rely on for defense. You can so still it um, spend it. They can still do the red focus, can't they? Uh, yeah, they can, but you know they might as well not bother because then they're stressed and they've already got force points anyway. So, um. But I suppose if they're force depleted, possibly, or a one force Jedi, they might yeah. want to do it. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I wasn't expecting that. I'll be honest. I no. thought they were going to keep it, um, you know, vanilla. You can't modify on attack. You you can modify on defense. Um, there's still a bunch of outstanding questions, like you know, edge cases. And they're not edge cases because they're core pilots. Like, does wedge still reduce your green dice by one if he's shooting you at range zero? Because is he removing a dice, or is he just making your roll one less, or what? You know. Um, so there's probably an, an enormous list of questions currently rattling through the not yet moderated bit of the rules forum, um, <laughs> waiting for. I know, I know I've put I've put one in. Yeah, I've um, I've not because um, I went and had a look to see if they were answering any and noticed that they weren't, and I thought, mm, well, well, they answered oh. the Barris one, didn't they? Yeah, no, that came out as a um, yeah, the errata was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny. So I thought they would—they'd probably just got a lot. Yeah, so a for hell of a lot to go through. Yeah, anybody who's been paying attention to um to X-wing for more than the last few years will know that there was a tradition that FFG always put an error in every article that they ever released. Um, AMG have maintained that tradition um of putting <laughs> errors in everything that they release. Um, because Barisoffi in one of the um eradicated cards was given two force points um but that's it that's a mistake you should only have one still um so that's a difficult mistake to make as well they've got to change a full card to do it so it's because they've changed so the the ether sprite is now two ships not one yeah. ship and i know you don't play Re- republic liam so you might have have not click that this has, has happened or you might have done but honestly so, with their loadout options it makes a lot of sense that they've done that yeah so you used to get the base ship which was two reds three greens and then you could put a config on which was clt or delta 7b and delta 7b yeah. reduced your greens by one increased your reds by one blah 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 um now the only config available to the ether sprite is clt um it's free so it's a zero point upgrade now. So you always you're just gonna take it. Um unless you really want to put a modification on them and have a two dice gun. Um and they've released then another set of cards with identical pilots for 
a 7b. So they basically have rolled Delta 7 in and created another set of ship cards. Um, so they've got the same set of pilots, they've got the same set of abilities. Um, it's got what used to be a Delta 7b, but it just allows them to separate out the costs without putting a, a, a like a, like a, a ridiculous cost on the 7b as an upgrade and then messing about with loadout points, which is something we'll come to in a minute. It also we'll means about this that the, uh, the Delta 7 gets the three dice at range zero as well now, which it didn't used to get. Yes. Yeah, it, well, or, or it saves them from having to make a decision on whether yeah, yeah. that was a thing or not. It'd be um, nice if they did um, like a slightly different sculpt and then a load of new pilots. Yeah, that's the, you know they've opened up; the, they've got the freedom to do that now, rather than. Being I like to buy seven. things. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that I, I noticed in the rules, by the way, was that they have limited. Um, I say limited because. We'll, we'll come on to why this is a bit weird. They've limited game length and rounds to 12 rounds. Um, we are still waiting for tournament information. So this could change for tournaments, but at the moment... Well, um, well with, the, sorry, I was going to just jump in there. With, with, with that, it does actually say in that section, it, like the next line does say, uh, if you and your opponent want to, you can increase or decrease this. Yeah. So I yeah, think so. I think it's just it's more, it's just guidelines, really. Yeah, so they've said 12 rounds, they've said you can increase or decrease it, it's very casual, it's very do-what-you-want-man kind of thing. Um, we know that 12 rounds can last for a long time, and we know that it can take half an hour depending on how many ships you've got. Um, so we are going to touch a little bit later on about um, our experiences so far of playing, because we've had a week to play a few games, um, and you know, kind of what's happened. That's one of the reasons why we wanted to wait for a week before we recorded, and um, so that we would actually have an opportunity to play a couple of games either online or in person. Um, uh, just on that note, we're going to do two shows this week. Um, it's worth saying this at the start. Um, so we're doing this one. Uh, we're recording this on Monday night. We are all going to go down to the club on Tuesday. Um, we're going to be there for probably like six or seven hours over the course of the evening with anything between, you know, kind of four and about 10 people turning up to play. Um, we're going to run out all the scenarios, assortment of lists and all that kind of stuff. And then we're going to record again later on in the week for a later release. Um, so if you want to ask any questions as a result of listening to this, uh, or you want us to do something as a result of listening to this, just give us a shout um, on the normal channels. Um, I think the biggest set of changes that they put in place was um, then coming um, off from the rules um, was they um, announced uh, two key formats. Um, so they've announced that we've now got um, a standard format, which includes a banned list of ships and upgrades. And there's also an extended format, which is just everything, everything that's ever been released. And there's points for everything that you want to do. That you want to do. Um, is there standard... points for the cards on the ban list? I've not looked. Um, I th yeah, there are. Oh, um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So the points lists have them, um, but it's then got banned written on it for standard. Yeah, yeah. Extended. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, like, um, interloper turn on the tie defender is one point banned in standard, but free and extended. I think there are some things that are banned in both, maybe, but um, I'm not sure. I haven't scanned through in enough detail to, to know that um, for sure. But, um, yeah. Um, so there's a standard, which is basically everything that's been released in black box format in any way. So what they did at Las Vegas Open um, seems to have been pretty close to the mark. 
So like rebel hawks are in because the hawk has been released in the scum and villainy um, squadron pack, and the resistance falcon is in because the falcon has been resisted a rebel uh, released in a rebel pack. So um, as long as you've got the chassis released in your faction, you're able to use cards and things that come from uh, conversion kits and that sort of thing. So um, basically, if you can buy it in a version two box, you can use it um, in standard. Um, which Liam will be happy to know includes Nantexes. But they fixed your Nantexes, Liam? They fixed them? No, they broke them. <laughs> fixed. They have, broke. To now fully, they have to now fully execute, is that right? It, it, they should, it is, they should have done completely... that a long time ago. Regardless I, of I what Liam says. They wanted to do something new, but at the same time, not fully executing is dumb. Yes. So it's a fair change. Uh, it's completely beyond me as to why they've given Sunfac the good old modification slot and access to afterburners because that's also <laughs> horrible. <laughs> he can travel. He can travel nine. Yeah, and and then tag an objective, and then tra- and then tag an objective, yeah, and then tag an objective. So that's what, ridiculous. He can do a five five straight. Then yeah, burners, burners. five straight afterburners. And then tractor beam forward as well. And his tractor, and then gets an action. Nice. You can also maybe barrel to really push a bit further. And and then gets murdered by the other squad who've just gone, oh, he's suddenly right in front of us. Look at that. <laughs> nah, it doesn't happen because you got gravitic deflection on him. All right. Okay. I mean, I'll you don't have it. enough points for all these, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you, can, you can do it if you want. It's fine. Um... So yeah, I think um, I think yeah, like I'd urge people to go and read through the rules reference because there's an awful lot of light blue text in it now that that's changed um, in terms of you know random order after dials, which we all kind of knew about. Um, whole new stuff about how new obstacles work. Um, whole new thing about you know uh, like just how how you play the game basically. Um, the obstacle so- rules are amazing. I'm so glad that something happens when you hit. Well, this, yeah, I mean, I think the amount that... of times I've just yoloed over a rock, knowing that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my tactics I used to use with my certainly the Manor of Swarm, um, probably also the the um, M3As, yeah, Torkoil Swarm and stuff. So I used to take debris clouds because I wasn't too fussed by the stress. So I would just, if I wanted to, I could just fly through the, the debris cloud. The amount of streams I'd listen to back afterwards where the commentators are like, oh, what's he done there? You know, he's, he's, he's made a mistake there flying through the debris. And I'm like, well, no, it was making sure that I get the best angle possible because there's a one in eight chance I lose my shield. Um, I'll take a stress. Um, sure, I won't have an action, but you know, so be it. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think making some of them a bit more. I, I didn't think debris change much more than that, though, has it? Um, it's, is it still the automatic damage? Uh, it's a 50-50 chance of damage. It's automatic stress and a 50-50 chance of damage, where oh, rocks right. are one damage and 50-50 of another damage. Um, and ion cloud, clouds do strain, and then basically 50-50 that you end up getting at ion tokens. They do um, break locks as well. Yeah, they break locks too, so... Just um, bit uh, you know, obviously talking about like rules changes and mistakes in the document. Uh, one thing that was pointed out is that it still it still says uh, unless you have an ability that allows you to attack at range zero, a ship cannot attack a ship at range zero, even if the attack range would be range one. 
Um, yeah. So they do need to go and fix that. So I think everyone's essentially playing rules as inten- intended. Um, yeah. That yes, you can engage at range zero. Yeah. So they've written a new bit that says you can engage at range zero, but they've forgotten to delete a bit that says that you can't. Um, so you need to go and search for it, and it's in black text. Um, so it's it's not been amended. Yeah. I mean, I'm not um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm just having a quick scan over now. I couldn't see it explicitly a line that says you can engage at range zero. Um, what I think that that probably is that that line there should have been edited and wasn't. But there are several comments in the attack section that basically say like while performing a primary attack at attack range zero, blah 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 blah. So I think it's absolutely fine, but obviously slipped through the proofreading a little there. Yeah, I mean one of the cool things that they've done is they've updated the errata document so that it doesn't just contain a bunch of lists of errata, but they've also provided a bunch of stuff that you can print out. Um, so. One of the um, kind of, uh, well, Louis Leon, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, um, is currently investigating whether he can get um, like a, a print to order set up for sets of these, um, the errata cards. Um, so they're done on proper cardstock rather than just being printed out on random bits of paper and then shoved into a, into a card sleeve or something. So that'll be really cool. Um, so look, keep an eye out for that and um, we'll certainly promote it um when it becomes um when it, when it becomes settled how to do it because you know i'll i'll want a set of those cards um yeah i'll need the cards yeah um, i can't be asked printing stuff out and cutting it up yeah i mean you just get a couple of sets of everything and then you know divvy them up to people who want different factions and who don't fly factions that you fly and stuff so you know you'd probably be able to split them between people other than ben who'll need two sets for himself just to keep himself happy um well, I'll need yeah, I'll need it all, won't I? Because I have to have every faction. You have to have it, two of everything, just in case. No, I've got better. I've only got you one razor crest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you see, you need you need two packs that contain each card, so that in your <laughs> folder you don't have blank spaces when you take them out. The unique out to use it. It does. It so does you, bug so me when that happens. goes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep two of everything, even the uniques. It's fine. Um, I'm more upset that we've got some. Uh, New scum fangs because this now I'm going to have to rearrange all my folder to put them in the right place. Oh, to fit them in, yeah, I, I I've done that with mine uh, to fit the fa- the fangs in the rebel folder. <laughs> rebel bit's easy because it's new. It's when it's an existing ship. <sighs> so it means I have to move every card after it as well. I know, but I have to put them in alphabetical order of the ship. You see, so I had to move everything after F yeah, back yeah. by a couple of pages. Oh, I'm not that bad. Thanks. What I did with mine when I started organising mine, I used the uh, the Ultimate Guards and Eskin Quadros. Because they've okay. got so much space, uh, I leave... So I put two rows of pilots in, leave two spaces, another row, leave two spaces. So when a ship gets announced, I've already got space for it. Look at you. It's all, we should get the ones where you put the... Um... Where you just buy the different folders, um, like the sheets for the binder, and then you can just add them and remove them like one at a time. That's what I've got. Makes it easier. Yeah, I haven't got them. I've got, the, I've got the little one on one for the the hyperspace. You know the the resistance, the Millennium Falcon one. Yeah, I think I've got. Is it the Falcon one? I got. Yeah. No. Is it a ghost one? Uh, there's a there's a. Have I got the? I, I think it's Falcon a ghost one. one in it. There's a. Well, I've got a Falcon one. There's a ghost one. Um, and I think there might be a Tie Fighter one. Maybe I'm not sure. 
Um, I, but yeah. I must I must have the same one you have because it was from the hyperspace final, weren't it? It's a Falcon one. It was the ghost was the card. I'm now I'm remembering the ghost was the card. Yeah, that's probably where I'm getting confused. Yeah. Um, so anyway, new rules. Um, we're not going to talk about storage solutions um, too much because um, not everybody wants to use this as sleep time material. Sleep time material. So. There's nothing to sleep on about organisation. <laughs> screw, screw, <laughs> screw sorters that's where that's where we begin and end with this conversation get yourself a label printer it's a way forward <laughs> uh, okay um so um i've said a couple of times oh probably the biggest change but we're talking about the rules specifically in the playing of the game but there has been an absolutely fundamental enormous shift in x-wing and it's converted it to a different game and i'm not even talking about scenario play i'm talking about list building um we are we have promised ourselves faithfully that we are not going to start clicking through um yasby and doing demonstrations of list building or launch bay or the official f oh wait no 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 it's gone (laughs) um so um for anybody who's been under a rock for the last week, they've um, they've entirely changed how points work. So now, it, now instead of having two hundred points to spend on pilots and upgrades, um, your points are split into two separate pools. Um, one is a pool of twenty points, um, which you can use to buy your pilots with. Pilots start at two points, and I think top out at eleven, or maybe ten. Vade um, uh, is eleven. Vader and a defender is 11 that's right um so yeah tops out at 11 with you know people like han in the falcon being nine um people like wedge is six luke is seven um so you know poe is seven trigger happy flyboy poe is seven and so on and so on anyway he's um, showing you the factions you like to buy there (laughs) kylo is five or six i like Um, x-wings so um there's nothing at Resistance one. bomber. <laughs> rip. Um, so that it's not even in standard. It's an extended only ship now. So rip. I've got two of them and I'll never see the light. Give it up. We're not interested, Karim. Um, M98. <laughs> oh, it's still good. Um, so anyway, um, so basically you get these, um, you get these points that you can sp- spend on um You get these Bro, points. You the game a bit there, aren't we? <laughs> you just, just wait for the next interruption. Yeah. Um, so you've got these points that you can spend on your pilots. Um, the example that they gave in their article was Fenrau in Scumfang Fighter is is seven squad points. Um, and then uh, you get uh, a loadout value that you can spend per pilot. So the loadout value isn't spread across the squad. So Fenrau in the Fang Fighter has a loadout value of 12 and he's got four slots. So he's got two talents, a mod slot and a torpedo slot. And you can then spend your 12 points however you want on those two talents, the mod slot and the torpedo slot. So you can give him a shield upgrade if you want. That costs six. They've changed all the points, by the way, for for upgrades. But most of them are what they used to be with a few tweaks and changes here and there. So all the scaling upgrades and stuff have been taken away and they're all just a flat value. Um, so, you know, you can stick a, a shield on Fenrau. You can put Fearless and Predator. You can put Torpedoes. You can, you know, do whatever. You've got 12 points. Just stick on whatever upgrades you want. Um, 
there's no penalty to not spending those loadout points. So if you spend 11, it doesn't matter. Um, there is a penalty, though, to not spending all of your squad points. So if you spend 19 points, then you get deficit scoring, which means that in a game, your opponent starts with one point. If you spend 18, your opponent starts with two points. So where we previously knew about deficit scoring, we were like, all right, so if you take a seven-point bid, they'll get seven points. Now it's literally just you, you have to configure a list that spends 20 points. I think. Um, sorry, I jump in. Same. So yeah. I mean, so two two things really. So I, I I answered someone's question on the Facebook group. Um, don't think of the upgrade uh, or the loadout cost as a cost. Think of it as an allowance that your ship comes with. You are not spending on the loadout. You can choose upgrades to the value of. So the only thing we're actually spending points on is the squad value, and that's what you know the ship cost is, the pilot cost. So that is what we're paying for, and that's that squad value at twenty. Loadout, yeah, like you say, you can either spend it or don't spend it; doesn't matter, and you can spend it on whatever you like. Um, yeah, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to look at that. Um, yeah, the I find the de the deficit system really strange now because they've shrunk the pilot costs right down. And there's a real glut of pilots at you know the, the sort of the four and five point mark. Um, if you make if you get the ships you want and they come to nineteen points, you're kind of penalised, and you really need to then change one of those ships, either increase it by one, or decrease it by one, so that you can take a two point ship. Yeah. Because uh, with the, the scoring system from the scenarios, giving up a a, a point a mission point based on being say one squad point down is like uh what one twentieth of, of the actual game winning score it's like it's ten points in old money um so I find that quite quite i wouldn't say crippling but it's quite a big kick if you don't bring a twenty point list um you know it's something you need to be very aware of because essentially you, you you're putting your opponents one step closer to winning at the very start of the game. So easy to score victory points in this. It is, and if you start if you start behind, there is a very good chance at the moment it's a uh, you might not come back. Yeah, you so have to get hyper aggressive. We'll, we'll talk about scenarios more yeah. in the next episode, but we are going to touch on them a little bit later on. But I mean, you're absolutely well. You're both absolutely spot on um, with what you're saying. You know, you you do have to spend those twenty points, which means that you do have to make squad building choices. Um, every faction has one or two or three two pointers, um, and those are your filler ships. So two pointers get no loadout cost. Um, so um, in rebels, if there's an A wing, Derek Clivian in. Um, Imperials, there's a couple of TIE fighters. Is it Night Beast, Tim? Uh, yeah, um, Night Beast is two, two points, yeah. Yeah, um, so every faction's got one or two ships that you put in, and they basically are a, are a baseline generic. Um, the thing that I think um, is most apparent from the way that they've set these is that um, they want you to use named pilots. Um, so as an example, um, you know, if you have a five-point um, cost, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't want to use a, a resistance example because everybody will just <laughs> laugh at me. Because yeah, we're <laughs> of you. But you could have a five-point named pilot that has like thirteen loadout points, um, and then you can have a five-point um, generic pilot that has four. 
um, or a four-point named pilot that has 12 or 30 loadout points, and then a four-point generic that has two. Um, so there's literally no point in taking a generic rather than just paying the same price and getting access to more upgrades um, and being able to, um, I think the phrase that um, AMG used um, was to to hot rod your your pilots' ships. They said, you know, basically any named pilot is a, is customizing and hot rodding their ships and, you know, building it how they want it to be built. Um, so they're trying to give you the options to customize your ships in, in, in order to do that. Um, so they don't want people using generics. They don't want generic spam. You can, as an example, now still spam five X-Wings, um, uh, Rebel X-Wings. You can do it by putting um, five four-pointers down, Red Squadron veterans down with, like I think, two or four or something upgrade points um, each. Um, or you can have five different named X-Wing pilots that are four points each. Um, you don't have initiative synchronicity, but you do have pilot abilities that you can then you know lean on um so yeah there's um it's a bit it, it's a bit obvious that they don't want um they don't want us playing um swarms of generics they want named characters on the table and i get that i think it's cool because you know people don't want to fly a red squadron expert they want to fly luke skywalker or wedge antilles or darth vader or you know their favorite pilot from whatever the recent show is you know they they oh, want... in the ghost yeah why not <laughs> And she's been banned because she's yep. got a dial changing ability. Yeah, yeah, she's been banned. <laughs> you know, but you want to use people's. You, you want my, you, go on. You tell me what my, your favorite character is. Is it the little bug that appears on screen for three seconds in one of the? Bands? No, it's not. It's everyone's favorite pilot, Flakar Fuck Prototype. <laughs> Hasn't he I had a poster of him well? on the wall. He has, yeah, and <laughs> and his twin. Yeah. You mean that ship you lost really badly on stream that we still got saved? Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just fly that up there. <laughs> Honestly, that that game probably did you more more good than harm, to be honest, because it yeah, made everybody yeah. think it made everybody think you were rubbish. So the next time you played them, they were all just like, "Oh, this loser can't even use ships." And oh, then, and then I tabled them, <laughs> and then you were like, "Haha, <laughs> would you see what I can do?" Um, so yeah, I mean. One of the things that this has done is this has brought back in an awful lot of the old archetypes that disappeared. So things like um, the TIE Swarm. Now you can fit an eight TIE Swarm around Howl Runner if you're willing to use um, two-point generics with no loadout value. But, you know, you can you can stick Howl Runner in for four points and then you've got six And new points. scary bump rules. You're a very brave man if you <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah. Well, you've got 16 points of that. So, you know, seven Seven Obsidian Squadrons is 14, so you've still got two points left. So, you know, you stick out in Verso, Hull Runner, and um, six generics in. You've got an eight-ship TIE Swarm. Um, you know, it's bringing these archetypes back, but you're absolutely right. You know, there's other things that we need to consider now. Um, I mean, with, with that, actually, the, the biggest thing uh, also, well, one of the biggest things with squad building is that they've changed the, the, the ship, uh, well, the squad size limits. So you now have to select a squad of between three and eight ships. So yeah. all your double fire spray lists, I'm afraid, are in the bin. Yeah, all those lunatics that like flying, you know, Luke, Corrin, or Supernatural, Anakin, Anobi. Um, Supernatural banned, by the way. No surprise, nobody cried. It's all fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, they've they've changed a lot of stuff. And squad building, I think, has been one of the things that a lot of people have been looking at 
Um, and I know like one of the first things that people did was they went and um, saw how much value can we get in old money? Um, so uh, did, did you see any of the, the big ones, Ben, any of the big lists that were like ridiculously cost? Yes, yeah, one that was, I think it was like 336 or something like that. Yeah, there's been a few kicking about. So there was a, an event in um, America this weekend. It was um, like a 30 something player um open the Cherokee open which um Dallas and Dice who listened to the podcast as well um were streaming and I think they ran the event as well um I think Stephen Parker I'm gonna say um who ran it so well done to him for running the event um and his top table they had a um a republic salad a seven ship republic salad that came out as around about 306 points um it, which included two Naboo N1 handmaidens and Danae Elberger. So, you know, three N1s on the table. So I, I was happy. <laughs> had N1s on the table. It was great. Um, All the time I've made fun of you for having that many. You finally <laughs> proved me wrong. I know. I know. I was looking, I was looking at me one in the, me, um, me silver one in the box and thinking, do I open it or do I use it? Oh, the I opened mine straight away. I've only got th- I've only got four, by the way, now because I remember Jason wanted one to paint for somebody, so I gave him one. Only got I had four. I had so many, so I've got four models, but I've got the dials and uh, the card for five. Um, so yeah, I'm, but I'm missing a model. Um, so you don't get um, one of the three D printed ones from Pond. Oh yeah, no, I've got that here as well. So, so yeah, now you've got yeah. the dial for that. So technically, you've got five again. Yeah, I do. So I just need to put a wee magnet on the bottom so I can fly it around because I painted <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, did you actually paint it? I did. Yeah. It's not very good, but it's got paint on it. <laughs> made you happy though. It doesn't matter if it's not very good. No, it made me. I sat and did it while I was in boring meetings at work. It was all good. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I mean, I guess the the only other thing really that I want to touch on 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 squad building is just to have a quick look at um, there was a couple of upgrades that have been spoiled in inverted commas because they've been given points, um, but we don't know what they are yet. Um, So they talked about homing torpedoes, which is five points. So in the new world, advanced protons are eight. Plasmas are seven, proton torpedoes are 12, and then there's homing torpedoes, which are five. Weren't um, they an epic card? I don't think they were. I had this chat with somebody else, and they said, isn't that an epic card? And then somebody went, no. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, if it's, but there's no other epic stuff on this, and it says that they're oh, standard right. and extended. So oh, right. um, they're new, and we don't know what they are. And then the other one is, um, there's a, something called a plas. is it a plasma cannon, maybe? Um, oh, we need some new cannon. Proton cannon. Proton cannon, yeah. Um, so um, we have had spoilers today that, um, well, officially, we've we, we've unofficially now seen the official spoiler, but that um, the clones are getting a Z95, which looks like a really nice model. Um, a different sculpt. Yeah, I didn't yeah. expect that. Different sculpt looks really nice. It looks and well then, better than the... Um, um, the Z95. The it wings looks, seem a bit longer, don't they? And pointier. And it looks, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it looks like a door wedge, basically. Instead. I never thought I'd actually have to buy any more Z95s. Yeah, but then, then just when you think... Apparently you I need more than 10. You, back in. <laughs> you need more. <laughs> um, and then um, the other one is Cad Bane's fighter. I can't remember what it's called. Rogue um, Class. Yeah, the Rogue Class Starfighter. So that's and his personal one. Separatists. Yeah, his personal one's called the Xanadu Blood. You're a nerd, aren't you? 
Wow. He likes Cad Bane, like, doesn't he? I like Cad Bane because he wears a cool hat. <laughs> and, he and he can't breathe air. He awesome. can breathe air. Apparently, those respirators are there to stop him getting force choked. Right. That sounds like something that a Cad Bane fanboy made up. <laughs> and guess what? Wait till you read my fan fiction. <laughs> no. Did you write in your favourite coloured grey in? Uh, yeah, I did it in blue because it matches matches him. And then I put all the, the dots on the eyes in red because it matches his eyes. <laughs> um, so back to proton cannons. Three points um, and a double cannon slot. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but um, they'll probably become an item, I would think, that Cadbin box. Um, although they might get on the gauntlet, maybe. Yeah, they could come out in the gauntlet. Because um, we got a couple of surprise cards in the um, uh, the Mando ship, I can't think what it's called now. Yeah, in, uh, notorious and enduring. Yeah, um, which enduring is, I will admit, every time I look at building a squad, I just go, "Up, oh, stick enduring on there. Why not?" And then I remembered that it's the same as Zebarelios's ability in any ship that he flies, and it's rubbish, and nobody ever used it. So. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's as good as it looks, but I think it works for ships like Fangs. Like, I think Fenrau likes it because crits are the things that kill him. So you stick that and a shield upgrade on him, and you know the first, the the evade that he rolls gets rid of the crit. And if there's two, then hopefully one of them goes on the shield sort of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, so that's um that's squad building. It's I really like the new squad building. Yeah. I quite yeah. like it. I like it more than the old version. Just can, um, can you can can you articulate why you think that then? I think it's because I'm rubbish at squad building. So now I don't have to worry. I can just cram a load of upgrades on and just go for it. Okay. Uh, so what were you so, about to say there, Tim? Counting's hard. So with with squad building, <laughs> do, do we think twenty is too low? Yes. Um, I think it's the right number, but I don't. I think it means that they've had to squeeze ships. So FFG yeah. increased from 100 to 200 to allow them to have more granularity in what you could and couldn't fit in a list. Um, and by reducing it to 20, as you said earlier, Tim, there's a massive congestion at four and five um, yeah. of what fits in. Um, so, yeah. I mean, what would you think? So, so my big concern is, and we've we've seen a good few years worth of and bear in mind, you, you're never going to have a completely balanced game. Something is always going to emerge as your meta choice or your optimal choice. You know, just because for its points, it does the best compared to its peers. You're always going to end up with that situation. But what you were able to do is you could increase or decrease ships by a point or two, or you know, I mean, you can still do upgrades, and that's possibly where they'll bring in game balance in. Possibly increasing upgrades if they are like chassis wide good, or, or or you're seeing like every ship is taking the same sort of upgrades. Um, but you might just find the loadouts being tweaked for certain ships, and that might be how they're going to try and balance the game, or they may not care and just not bother. Um, but yeah, like if you increase or decrease a ship by one point, that'll be massive. That you know, that takes you know your three point ship up or down to a two or four point ship which would be massive um yeah. yeah and like it's less so when you get up towards the sort of the eight nine ten um but yeah certainly in that middle field but like how do you balance those four three four five point ships 
um and and part of me thinks that they didn't go down to 100 say because obviously that would have been taking it back to first edition points which i get but maybe even 40 would have allowed the you know the, the designers and the playtesters a bit more scope in trying to balance uh you know this and individual pilots like because we, we all know that certain pilots will just be better than other pilots just because their pilot abilities will be worth a lot more yeah so i mean some of the some of the obvious um biggies like um you know wedge in rebels is has got like a 20 something point loadout so you can put afterburners you can put outmaneuver you can have predator instead you can have torps if you want you you know but you do have to make some choices um and i was having a bit of a chat um a little bit earlier on today with darren granger and he he's a massive fan of this because his thought is that they'll just be like well now that there's a whatever it is 28 point loadout for luke skywalker which has turned out to be game breaking oh luke now has a talent slot so you can give him debris gambit so he can get access to evade tokens um so luke um, you know, there's a 28 point look build that becomes really oppressive and is everywhere, and all of the rebels are using it. Um, then knock his points down to 25, and then you have to make a choice between which parts, which elements of that build to take. Um, and you don't have to change the cost of the things that constitute that build. You don't have to change the torps or the the talent slot or the force power or whatever it is that makes it broken. Um, you just basically say, well, you can have that, but you can't have everything. You, you can't have jam and chips. You have to choose one or the other. Um, and I kind of, I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, another thing I was chatting to um, Ollie Pocknell a little bit um, about the squad building. And one of his things is, you know, they've obviously rolled up loadout value for some of the high skilled pilots so like he has been running a very slim lined hera like with no upgrades or maybe two points of upgrades prior to this but now hera has like 22 points worth of upgrades or yeah. something like that that you can put on and he's like i don't want proton torpedoes i don't want all of that bloat i want hera to be there to do a job um, and i'd rather have the ability to spend those points elsewhere um and again i see that angle of it like that there is a cost like hera costs seven or six or something i think she's six um if she was actually cheaper like if she had a smaller loadout value could you just bump her cost down to you know five you know if you knock her loadout down to 10 the same as the other b wings and she's a you know she's got 10 loadout and she's an i6 so you know now she costs five and the same as the other you know netrum that's not netrum Pollard, it was a gina moon song and you know things like mm. that there are fives um so yeah, it's it's interesting because they've now got lots of different levers to pull to change points rather than just one, you know, up, 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 well, or down, down. down you stuff. say you say that they don't have lots of different levers because well they've got two. Well, <laughs> I, I, one. well, I think I think loadout value is probably the only one you can change because yeah, the, if you change the upgrade cost or you change the ship cost. I think that is uh that's that, that that changes is too big. Like putting a ship ship up by one squad point could essentially you're just you just invalidate it completely because not maybe not completely and it, it is very it is a tough one like you put a, you put a ship up from 5 to 6 or like you say if you put Hera if you put Hera um down from 6 to 5 then suddenly she appears in every list. You know, yeah, and that that's no different to before when you dropped her from fifty something down to forty eight. You know, now she's value, so you can put her in. 
you know, and it, I don't know. They yeah, can, we, yeah. They, they can pull that lever. Do you know what I mean? They've they also got the um, the like what slots they've got, they can adjust as well because not every yeah. B wing has got the same slots. Well, they might. Yeah. I mean, I've not looked, but you <laughs> no, know, between <laughs> between some ships, some ships will have like three talents and two mods, and then another one will just have a mod slot. So they can always take things away and readjust that way, yeah. as well as lowering the loadout value. I mean, that is one thing that also irks me slightly, uh, is that, you know, they were talking about uh, the confusion for the new player. And, you know, you look down all the available mod slots for all the different ships now, and it's like, uh, you know, even like little things I noticed, like Seventh System and Fifth Brother have completely different mod slots. One can take missiles, one can take cannons. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of differences out there. Uh, did you know that I can take a TIE fighter now with torpedoes, missiles, and a cannon? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it happens in squadrons. Well, this is what I... Part of me thinks that that might be why they've done it, because obviously um, uh, in the... Uh, where was Iden Versus? She was uh, Battlefield? Battlefront, Battlefront 2. Yeah, Battlefront 2. Uh, Battlefront, Battlefront 2. Battlefield is, you know, the... The, the real world one yeah so like battlefront 2 i know there are missions on there where you f you fly a tie fighter don't you so um there was certainly like missiles and stuff on there so that's, that's possibly where it's come from part of me on release did think oh did they did they make a mistake here and actually mean to give those slots over um but i don't think so having thought about it since um yeah yeah, it's it's crazy. Like just looking down, even ships that you would think would be fairly standard in their loadout. So like Rebel A wings, where you think, right, you know, they're going to have a missile, they're going to have a config, and they're going to have a bunch of talents because that's what they've had since version one. Um, and the the variance in loadout is enormous. You know, they've all got a talent slot apart from Derek Clivian, who's the two point ship, who's not allowed any loadout points whatsoever. Um, but then, you know, Arvel doesn't have a talent slot. Sabine can take torpedoes. One of them can take a cannon. One of them can take um, missiles. You know, not all of them can take missiles, though. Some of them have got two talent slots. Um, you know, Ahsoka can take two force powers and, and a talent slot. Why not? It's fine. Um, you know, every, <laughs> they're just so different. Um, and, yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting for um new players to look at it once you wrap your head around it it's like okay they're very different um i think one of the things that's came out from one of the bits of feedback from the cherry Oakland was players just said you can fit so many ships in and because of the objective play you want to put lots of ships in so that you can chase down objectives and score points but then all of your ships have got seven or eight upgrades or maybe six or seven upgrades or at least three or four upgrades um um, which means that we've got loads of triggers to remember, which means that the rounds aren't lasting as long, uh, the games aren't lasting as long, or or they're lasting the same length of time, but you're only getting through four or five yeah. turns, because every turn you're moving 12 or 13 ships, and then you're trying to remember 12 or 13 ships' worth of abilities and triggers and different things you can do. So your planning phase takes longer because you're having to consider, oh, that's got a torp, so I want to go slow, and then I need to get this, and blah, blah, blah. And you're you're not just going, right, I can... You know, I've got my four ships, I've got my five upgrades, I can just bang things down and I can get this this done really quickly. Um, everything's just taking a little bit longer. And that, that'll shake off in time. People will get more familiar with it. Um, but the squads are definitely getting bigger. Um, as I said earlier, the, the, the Cherokee Open was um, won by a seven-ship uh, Republic list that was triggers left, right and centre. There was bombs. Oh no, sorry, it came that came second actually. The winner was um Dreadchamp from Hexiled with a 
a rebel list that involved two sheathopedes, um, which I don't ask me, I don't understand. Um, but um, yeah, you know, it had bombs and it had triggers and it had coordinates and it had everything just happening all over the place. And both of the lists were just full of these weird triggers going off. And it was, yeah, it was taking a long time. So um, anybody got anything else they want to talk about on squad well, building? Yeah. I've, before we jump Tim, on, let, let's, Tim, go first. Let, let's just um, big shout out to yet another squad builder and launch bay next because uh, yeah. those guys. Uh, I don't know if they had any information beforehand um, or if they just burnt, you know, the midnight oil and and just blitz through it. Um, but they've essentially rewritten their entire uh, list building databases to account for this new um, list building like mechanic, uh, yeah. and that's made things so much easier. Um, yeah. like even yet another squad builder if you search for Yasby 2.0 or Yasby 2.5 you can find b both versions of his squad builder so for those who are either still playing in 2.0 events or want to stay playing 2.0 then you have that ability to still build lists uh, and for those who obviously want to build 2.5 lists you have that as well you can change from standard extended uh, and all those goodness. Uh, and that's very useful when you're doing stuff like the Enigma Wargaming Patreon quiz this month, trying to work out the the, the fattest list uh, that's that's moved over. So I think I'm on 318 is, is what I'm on at the moment. But, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah it, it's, a bit, it's a bit weird that legal squads now go from about 180 up to 300 and plus in, in old money. It's, uh, it's very weird um, to see that disparity in lists being legal again. Um, so, yeah. Um, so the new Yasby is at yasby .app, um Yeah, which is a, a neat little URL, easy to remember, rather than rathos.github.io, which you know is burned into my brain forever. I think. <laughs> um, I, I just used to type it in Google. I used to just type Yasby two point and just press return and just do do it the lazy way that way. But um, <laughs> that's uh, what I did. Yeah, like I think I think like you know our community is very you know sort of blessed with people like these guys you know in the background doing things like this like i, I assume they've got jobs and, and families and this that and the other and for both of them to you know essentially it was out sort of within 24 hours i think um yeah it, you know, was, it was less than that it was yeah, the same yeah. night it started um it was crazy that they did it. Um, I know that there's um, people that do help them with like pull requests and stuff. Um, and the, it is a community effort. Um, but you know, um, Andre and um, Stephen, I'm going to say, are the two um, people. Yeah, it's who Stephen Lim, them. isn't it? I think. Uh, mm -hmm. Stephen Kim. Kim. Kim or Lim? I, I can't. I can't quite remember, but. Um, so the so yeah they're they're the two main people so yeah if you do have a few spare quid um toss them uh, a few bucks um that'd be cool um they've both got donate buttons um on the things and it's the same for tabletop to because he's needing to do some updates and changes to the the thing as well so um because obviously um with changes to points and scoring then there's going to be changes to tournaments and scoring and how tournaments are scored um so um yeah they, these people that do stuff for free um for the community um without expectation of financial recompense um are amazing um and i wholeheartedly support them um and uh, we all do really to to be fair so um liam did you want to say something else about squadrons squad building uh squad building yeah uh so amg did mention that you know it's nice and thematic to obviously have your favorite pilots all the uh the big upgrades which was always nice to do but what i've noticed is we can take our favorite pilots with 
all the big upgrades and stuff, but we can no longer take our favorite pilots together. So it offers that that weird quandary where you can either have everything, but not everything that you want. You can have everything on what you can take instead of take everything, but not have everything. So it's a completely different uh, philosophy behind it. And it's weird to get your head around. Uh, I, I like what they're doing, but I think as a, I think I said, uh, well, slightly earlier, I think it needs to be doubled so you can uh, add a bit more granularity in it. But I think what they're aiming for, it's by far an interesting concept at the very least. I think it just needs cleaning up. Yeah, um, I think that's. Um, I'm I'm hoping. Um, and I think this is something, Tim, you said in one of the other chat groups, um, and it's kind of resonates with me. I'm hoping that they use this and they take the feedback that's coming from the community and they iterate around it and they tidy it up and they fiddle with it and they um, smooth it out and basically, you know, give us a few more two-point ships so that you don't see Contrail in every single Republic squad because he's a five-point, he's, he's a five initiative five two-point ship, um, you know, and that you've got more variety and more choice around lower end, um, cheaper costed upgrades um, as well. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that this is a first um, throw of the dice because there's some really, really weird stuff that's just possible now. Um, and whether it's weird good or weird oppressive, I don't know, but it's definitely weird. <laughs> so yeah, um, cool. So that's squad building. So there we go. Um, the other thing that's changed, and this is kind of the last thing we're going to talk about because we, we've we all played a little bit of this, but not a huge amount. We're going to do a little bit more this week and then talk about it again later, is scenario play. Um, so very briefly, there's four scenarios. Um, one of them is essentially a dogfight called Chance Encounter, um, where there's a single objective in the middle of the board and you get points if you're the only person in range two of it. So basically trying to force you... Um, into the middle to engage rather than skirting the edges. Um, then there's um, Assault at the Satellite Array, which is where you get points for being near two objectives. Um, there's one called Salvage Mission, which is where you pick up and carry objectives around, but you can be forced to drop them. And then there is Scramble the Transmissions, which is one where you get points for being the last person to interact with an objective um, by taking an action to flip it and to be under your control. Um, so they are different. At first read, they were all very similar to me, but having actually looked at them, watched people playing them and played a few of them myself, they're different. Um, and I think they benefit different squad compositions as well. Um, I'm going to go through... Um, Liam, I'm going to start with you. I know we played... What was what one did we play? We played Scramble the Transmissions last night, didn't we? Yeah, we did. What, it's, what... it's the only 2.5 game I've actually played. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what did you think of it? Uh, first thoughts, I thought it was too short. But You've got at the five same time... turns? Four turns? Yeah, five, five turns. Five turns. Yeah. Uh, but I did enjoy it. Uh, it was an interesting puzzle to solve. I gave myself an uphill battle. I decided not to understand everything you were telling me. Uh, but it, it does give you another thing to think about. And I think that's from what I've heard and obviously seen people playing as possibly the most balanced uh, one they have at the moment. So in, in the game, just briefly, I essentially had a squad that went to try and capture all of the 
all of the objectives and win on points by just having all of the objectives or having more objectives than Liam every turn. Um, and Liam murdered my squad. Oh, I just got the murder. And won twenty one twenty. And he was like, yeah, I might get some of those objectives if it's relevant and there's nothing else better for me to do. And I was like going, spending actions to grab them, but then not having tokens. And then he was just murdering me. And it was like, right. And it showed to me that, you know, objectives are important. You do need to get them. And it was a very close game. But ultimately, Liam won because he killed a ship and got to 21 and I got to 20 on the same turn so it was like yeah it doesn't matter if you've got enough points to win the game if he just murders you and gets more points um so i so i was using the philosophy i use in uh, marvel crisis protocol so you spider foes in that and people play the objectives and i'm like yes but how about some murder <laughs> so i'll go and for a you've couple got no ships <laughs> exactly apparently tabling people in marvel crisis protocol isn't a common thing but i've won about 40% of my games by removing my opponent's entire list. So I think I'm just going to carry on doing that. If it works. If it works. Why not? Exactly. Um, I mean, the Mandalorian was a lot of fun. He didn't do a lot. But the one thing he did was really punch an A-wing card in the face. Yeah. Impressively so. Impressively so. It's, it's so uh, hard it's City console on fire. It is so hard it's it, but didn't kill me because <laughs> I had a hull upgrade. <laughs> Like A-Wings were hull upgrades, why not? Um, Tim, you played, um, oh, what one was it? It was no. the um, the cargo one, wasn't it? Yeah, so the crates one. Yeah, uh, what's it called? <laughs> it's not Scramble uh... Transfer, it's Salvage Mission, Salvage see, Mission. See, this reminds me, and this is what I used to have in 40k, is that we used to have a list of like scenarios or missions in 40k, and no one knew the correct names for them. We'd be like, oh, that's the the towing one, or that's the capture the satellites one. And it was like, I think Scott uh, the other night put up on Hexard, and he just put up, like, uh, satellite assault. And people were like, what's that one? He's like, oh, sorry, assault at the satellite array. Um, and he had to change it on the overlay. And I think that's <laughs> where it all just starts to creep in, because everyone's just like, which one's that? Is that the one with the one satellite in the middle? Right, okay, we'll play that one. Yeah. So how how did you find the salvage mission one with um because you played against um Matt Coggins. It was his first game of two point five and he decided to have his Sith Taker League game on stream in fairness, against you. In fairness, it was my first two point five game as well. So we mm. basically yeah, so we got drawn in the Sith Taker League together and um Matt had a two point event on the Saturday. I think it was the Western Supermare uh event that Mr. Watkins and Tin Squadron and others were at. Um, but we basically, we were chatting like, um, I said, do you want to play? Which version do you want to play? And he said, oh, perhaps I could have the practice. And I said, okay, that's fine. I said, I'm not that fussed uh, if you want to play 2.0 because I'm kind of, my mindset's moved on to 2.5 now. And um, I think after a few days of thinking about it, he's like, you know what, let's do it. And then I said, well, you know, do you fancy popping on Hexard? And we're like, yeah, sure. We'll make, we'll make idiots of ourselves. And um, yeah, that was it. Like when we were, we were trying to set up the scenario, like you, you, you set up one objective in the center, which of course um, you can't really measure with existing uh, the rules, templates and stuff. Uh, but luckily um, TTS uh, automatically sets out the first objective in the center if you right click and press set objectives. That things out does it yeah oh, yeah so, learning, so, yeah, learning. So, yeah so that's what that's why i thought i'd say it because you know things things we, we we learn so the first one pings into the center and then you have to follow about half a dozen different restrictions about where the rest go 
So I think I have to place one on my half and then one in your half at range three, within range two to four, and not within range two of another one. Anyway, yeah. once we've so got... It, it, <laughs> uses, it uses three different bits of taxonomy to describe where the satellite... So you've got one that's dead in the middle of the board, and then the other four have to be placed, and I'm just looking at it at the moment, it has to be placed within or sorry at range three so at range three means outside of range two but it doesn't have to be inside of range three the whole of it doesn't have to be inside of range three so like if it's just touching range three so it's basically from the middle all the way out to range three and then as long as it's just touching the edge of the range three ruler that's fine so at range three within uh, beyond range two of another supply cache so that means not inside of range two, but it can be inside of range three or or broader right, than yeah. that. Um, so you can't be inside the range two line at all. You have to be outside the range two line at all. So that was fine. And then and then within range two to four of their board edge, which means that you can be just outside range one of your board edge. So you can be right on the edge of your deployment zone as long as you're still within range three of the center obstacle. Um, so you yeah. can be because you're within two to four so they've used three different phrases and it took me a bunch of reading and a bunch of actually playing about with it and a bunch of looking at diagrams that people had done that weren't quite right and thinking hang on a minute that says within that and then i went to look at the obstacle rules and the obstacle rules say that they have to be um i can't remember the exact phrasing that they use for obstacles but it's very clear that they have to be inside that you know that two two square that we know and love um so yeah anyway you were saying tim go on um yeah so um i, I was just gonna say as well that i think someone's actually done a graphic about that and it's it's what these these two weird um it's like the prof- uh, profile of a, like a, a um a, like a, a slice of melon that's been like eaten into sort of thing that's so. the one that's wrong is, is, is it wrong oh uh, whatever <laughs> but anyway it was it was an interesting graphic graphic to look at um yeah i mean i think i lucked out quite a bit in that mission with with my squad uh, because in salvage mission, uh, if you suffer a critical damage, uh, you drop the um, the cargo. Um, so because I was using five uh, tie advanced X ones uh, with their targeting computers, they all turn a hit to a crit. So the amount of crits I was putting through, um, and you score the crates at the end of the turn, uh, I could force Matt to drop the crates before it came to scoring. Um, yeah. So essentially, I, I managed to grab the middle one at, at the beginning, um, and as Liam said earlier, I basically got the advantage from turn one, um, and just kept every turn I was outscoring by at least a point. Um, yeah. At one point, I think I had I was I put three on to nothing. Um, then I killed Poe, which got me you know a good chunk of points. Um, it shouldn't have ended in, on turn four, but yes, I won in four turns. Got to either bang on 20 or i think it's 21 6 i think it finished uh on, yep. on scenario points so he killed zertex uh, strom so that was three points so he only scored three crate points during the game um mm-hmm. so i think that kind of that kind of told um you know i think it was it was fun for sure it was a little bit a little bit of a shame because obviously i think matt hadn't perhaps spent as much time theory crafting uh you know the 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 missions and the list building that i had 
So I uh, like I had a plan for turn zero to get Seventh Sister onto the center objective and grab it, um, and he couldn't counter that, uh, or at least um, perhaps prey on Seventh Sister. So like you say, because um, some of these scenarios they have an obje- uh, an action that involves interacting. So like uh, in the salvage mission, you have the tow action, and that's where your ship basically uses its action. It has to be in its activation phase. You can't be coordinated or anything like that. Um, so you could essentially give up your uh, defensive mod to actually interact with the satellite or pick up the crate. Um, and what he could have done is he could have just put Ray absolutely opposite Semp Sister and just gone, yeah, you can go and grab that crate, but then I'll, I'll push Ray into you. Um, yeah. and, and then just, you know, do that. So I think, I think that makes turn zero very interesting. Um, we also, you put out the objectives before obstacles. So if you actually go on Hexiled, look at the video, I think it was Friday night last week, uh, from the two hour mark, you can see how we both put a big rock either side of the center objective to try and block off the lane, um, or at least congest that space. Um, So you can then use the obstacles possibly to either shield your ships or make it difficult for the enemy ships to sort of perhaps move those objectives. Obstacles cannot overlap objectives. um, Yeah, but you you can... can... Yeah, you you can you can put them in places to make them awkward, and I think turn zero has become more relevant. It was always relevant, but you know you could get away with a bad one with you know a bit of in, good engagement. But I think turn zero now, like where you deploy, where you put your where you put your objectives, um, that you get to place, um, and then where you deploy your ships. You know you need to have a plan for how you're going to approach each scenario with the squad. Yeah. So part of defining what list you're going to take to an event where you're going to be playing scenarios is you know is this a good one for that scenario or this scenario? Because um, from, you know, we, we don't know how they're going to run tournaments, but, you know, say you run five rounds or six rounds over the course of a day, you know, you're going to be running each scenario once and, you know, another one a couple of times. Um, it, it looks to me like the um, the one that you played, the, the towing one is really good if you have ships that can grab in nip an objective and then play keep away yeah because you don't you don't have to engage once you've got the objective and you're carrying it you can you know be an i6 ace and you dodge and barrel roll and duck and weave and don't get shot at you can do yeah. what Suntier used to do and just keep scoring a point every turn just by having that objective um and you can only be forced to drop it if they push a crit onto you um similarly the um the the ones like the the assault at the satellite array um you know, where you basically get points by having ships in proximity to an objective, but you don't have to do anything with them. Um, you know, they're really good if you've got a bunch of ships that can just move really fast and just sit on objectives um, or big base ships that can, you know, hold two objectives at once by being near them. Um, oh. You know, the, so there's there's different squads that I think that will be really good at each one. And I think it'll be interesting to see what floats to the surface. Um, in terms yeah, of... k- killing is still going to be important, like destroying opponent ships. But essentially, it's a race to twenty. So if you can not only outscore your opponent, but you know, if I, if I could like grab the three uh, you know crates in the salvage mission and hold them for seven turns without dying, I win the game. Yep. Um, but that won't necessarily work in other missions. So you can't just build your your list around winning one of obje- uh, like one scenario. Yeah, um, and it's worth pointing out that the only scenario that you get half points for um, ships is the chance encounter one, which is the dogfight one. The rest of them, you only get ship points for actually killing the whole ship. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that means that 
um, you look at a ship like Bosk um, and you think, you know, I'm only going to have six or seven turns because this is the other thing to point out is that most games of 2.5 scenario based games are running to between four and seven turns. Um, and if you're thinking, I've only got seven turns, can I actually burn down Bosk? Can I burn down that 10 point Boba? Um, yeah, he's worth 10 points. Can I burn him down? Um, you know, you put seven points worth of pull on the table and you think, is it worth chasing him for four turns to then maybe not kill him? Um, or do I just ignore him? and go after the ships that I can kill and secure three points or four points. Um, so it, it's it's a very different game because the scoring is very different and because the objectives are there. Um, it has surprised me um, how quickly the games are going. I mean, Ben, have, have you had an opportunity to play any of the scenarios yet? Or is tomorrow no, I've not played any yet. Tomorrow is yeah. my first go. Yeah, Although I have gone from having zero list to 31 since the list, um, <laughs> since everything come out. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, gonna I'm looking be forward to it. Because like normally on a club night, we would get through like after from when I arrived to the place closes, I'd get through like three games, um, you know, and I know you get down a bit earlier. I'm going to be interested to see how many games we actually get through. And there is going to be a lot of switching lists and you know, faffing about and messing around and understanding. But I think that these lists, like, they've set the game length at 12 turns um, or 20 points. And I don't think I've seen a game go beyond seven, um, which, you know, and, and the games are lasting nearly an hour or, you know, approaching an hour and a quarter, but they're getting to well, turn seven. Um, if you remember at the start of 2.0, games started taking longer because we had to learn and remember things. and People get used to it and the games will speed up. See, that's the worry for me. Uh, when you see games last about 40 minutes, yeah, it does lose some of the importance of a game to me. Uh, hopefully, like I do hope they revisit the points limit and go to maybe 30 is a little bit better and go that way about it. Uh, but I think if they do clean up some of these rules, I think there's there's a lot of life in this game. I mean, I think I think you're right. Um, I think if they increase the victory margin for some of the scenarios, but not all of them. Um, so you know, if they if they change the victory margin for the satellite array and the other one to thirty, that would add a couple of turns to the game, and it would give you the the window to actually pull the game back. Um, I don't yeah. think the chance encounter on the dogfight one needs to go above twenty because you know you've got twenty points on each side of the table. So yeah, it's pointless. Know, there's no point in going up to thirty because all that means is that somebody's going to win at destruction um, or yeah. at twelve turns because somebody's got more points. Whatever. Um, but... I did notice it seemed a bit strange about that chance encounter. The the half points, half points round down, full points round up. Yeah, it just means that you end up with all the points. It just seems like you'd want to go one or the other. Just no. So what, what, what it, it is, is remember. Yeah, basically, if you halve a five point ship, you get two points, and then you get th- you get the other three when killing it. And it could go. Yeah, you, I know what you're saying. You could have given three, maybe so round up for half and. I suppose, yeah. I suppose then it's like. I, suppose... I mean, I don't, I don't mind either up or down. I'm not bothered, yeah. but just choose one. So if you say you get half points round up, and then you get half points round up, you get six points for a five point ship. So the way that they've, so yeah, the way yeah. that they've, the way that they've phrased it is very specifically to basically say you get the points of the ship, but they've done it to to stop um, but, people no, from suppose... lawyering the phrasing. Yeah, but I suppose the other option is there is like. 
you know, what are you rewarding uh, by rounding up or down at the halfway point? Are you rewarding, you know, do you say it's three points and then are people like more likely to run away with a half-pointed ship if there is more or less points still available to claim? I don't know. but Yeah. Um, yes, I mean, they've already they've already had to um, field the FAQ of what happens if you take a ship from full to dead um, in a single shot. Do I get half and then also full um, points for it? And the answer was no, because you take damage one at a time. So you take the damage, you get the points for halving it, and then you take the rest of the damage and you get the points for killing it. So you can only ever get the points that the ship is worth for killing it. Um, but it it just goes, you know, to the, the the twisting the twisting mental gymnastics that X-wing players will go through to try and eke an advantage here and there. Um, well, we are here why... to try and break the game. It's what yeah. we do. So I mean, it's yeah. it's why they've phrased it this way. They're basically saying when you give up half, you get half the points. When you kill it, you get half the points. Um, and they've said, you know, you round it down to start off with, and then you round it up for the rest of it. So it it just basically means that you don't get six points or four points for a five point ship. So. Yeah, it makes sense. But, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I get I, it. It's not phrased well. I yeah. think uh, if for anybody that's considering running 2.5 events, just consider your time limits at the moment. So although we're still playing like an hour and 15, say, for the actual game, I would allow players an extra 5 to 10 minutes to set up because there's going to be an awful lot of reading whilst people get used to, um, you know, the, the PDFs. And actually, um, you know, what you tend to find sometimes is that uh, player groups may play a rule wrong. So you might find there's a group of players come to your event and they might be setting up this mission slightly wrong. And then obviously then it's just a bit of education just to make sure everyone's set it up correctly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would probably be like, you know, try and try and give the players a little extra time. Um, so just factor that into your day, really probably. I mean, we normally do what an hour and 40 for around hour and a half hour and 40. Um, yeah. So I'd probably crank that up to about an hour and 50 for sort of each round. And you'll sort of give players a break then between games. Um, but certainly whilst people are getting used to the new scenarios, because, you know, we've never had to set up objectives like this, you know, before a game. And, and like you say, there's a lot of um, card interaction. So perhaps a few more questions for the game, about, you know, exactly what stuff does. Yeah, It's hard um, guessing uh, 4.5. I, I can I can see I can see a lot of people putting a um a small cross in the dead centre yeah. of their map um with a, a golden sharpie or something just be like think, that's that's where that one. Well, I was if be, I was if you were running it. an event, you'd just maybe stick them down in the middle and go right. There's the first ones there for everyone. Yeah, I'm I'm just sad that my turn zero is completely messed up because where that central objective goes, where I put, that's where I put my big rock. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I know I always like to put Ben's big rock in the middle. But when I played, when I played Rich, he put he, he put the thing down in the middle. He's like, "Oh, and rocks can't overlap." And I was like, "Oh," and I didn't know where to put my rock at all. <laughs> next yeah. to it, next to it, Liam. Next to it. Um, I mean, yeah, but it's not the same. Yeah. So um, th things that we things that we find out is that it doesn't matter if you try and block the central objective with a big rock. If you do a three straight boost or a five straight then you still end up in range one of the central rock if you start on the edge of your deployment zone. Um, so, you know, things things that we find out, you can't block it. They can still score the point there. 
unless you know or unless you want to charge it and then exchange fire and nobody gets it but, but, but that's but that's the interesting thing then to consider is that like you know if i put my lower initiative ship in a position to grab the center center objective you could then stack your higher initiative ships on the other side and then it's that it's still then a bit sort of cat and mouse like am i actually going to go and try and grab it um yeah, yeah um I, th- I think it'd be interesting. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, the club night um, on, on Tuesday. Uh, my plan is to bring probably three different types of lists. So I think I'll, I'm going to try and bring an ace list, a swarm list, and then a sort of big shipish list, um, just to try the different things and play the different scenarios. Um, we don't know quite what organised play is going to do. Are we going to be playing? Is everybody going to play the same scenario each round, or you know, do you random randomize at each table? Um, I think personally, you probably have the entire event playing the same missions. Um, but you know, it stops any fallout before a game as well, doesn't it? Well, this is yeah. it because there, there will be there will be players and lists that will struggle at certain scenarios. I imagine uh, you know you're probably not going to be able to quite cover all the bases. And then you just get that feels bad moment where you're like, oh, the only reason I lost to that player is because we drew that that scenario. Um, the other thing I did, I think I mentioned in our group chat the other night, would be very interesting to see, is do they bring in something similar like they have in Legion, where maybe we get to the table, uh, we each veto one of the four scenarios, and then we random we randomize out the remaining two, which scenario we play. And that might be a way to take competitive play um, because it removes a little bit of the randomness. But if there's one scenario you don't want to play, you you veto that one out. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do because they could do that in cut. You know, they could say right in Swiss, you're going to have six turns, and you know, say they create two more objectives. They go right the six six rounds of Swiss. So in the six rounds, you'll play each objective once, and then in cut, um, you take those six objectives and you both rule out two. Um, and you pick from the one that's left, or even if it's just four, you know, six rounds of cut, you play four objectives once, you play two objectives twice, uh, well, you play two objectives, you know what I mean anyway. Yeah, you yeah, play, yeah. You play them You play them through once, and then you play two of them once more. Um, and then in you say in Swiss, right, or in cut, sorry, you either play the two remaining objectives that you've not done twice yet, um, like at the first end of cut, and then at the top end of cut, you could do like some, as you said, some choosing game to add another level to the to the to the game itself but or to make sure that you know if you've got a list that's really really good at three of the objectives but crap at one of them that you don't on top table get um the the random draw of the thing that your list is crap at doing and then you're like right great well congratulations gg man i'm I'm just gonna well that was it imagine going 11 games over two days and you get to the final and then you get the scenario that your list really struggles with against you know against somebody that really like it, maybe it was gonna be a hard matchup anyway, and suddenly that scenario just completely throws it. Now people will counter that with, "Well, you need to make a list that can play all scenarios," and maybe that's what some people do. But you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, as I say, it's um, you know, it's early days. Um, I think everyone just needs to get out there, either put ships on the table or put them, uh, you know, on the virtual tabletop, and just play some games and and just see how it goes. And uh having played other war games i would completely forget how you think you build your x-wing lists because you know now with scenarios you need to think very differently about what worked in in 2.0 and what works in 2.5 
Uh, you know, have a think like you know, like in um, 40k, um, we'd we'd take what we call like deck deck chair units. So you'd have like your, your two five man units of you know plebs for want of a better term. Um, you know, you cheap cheap and what cheap, about Liam's? Yeah, uh, cheap cheapest <laughs> chips like units that just sit at the back and hold two, hold two objectives. Um, so that might be why you take a two or three point ship with very little upgrades. And their sole purpose in life is in those scenarios where you have, you know, the fourth and fifth objectives is to, to hold those objectives or score those objectives. But then, you know, are they going to be a hindrance when it comes to, you know, the, uh, was it the meeting engagement? Or yeah, I was chatting to um, Matthew a little bit about this. Um, and he's, he's big into Marvel Crisis Protocol as well. And he said, you know, having a backfield unit that defends your home objectives and their job is to basically keep your home your, your home objectives so you keep ticking on points and mm. um, while the rest of your squad goes and competes in some way for the other objectives um, is, is like a standard strategy um, in MCP. Um, you know, you, you, you throw a bunch of stuff across the board to go and fight other heroes and compete but ultimately, you know, you've got one guy, as you say, sitting at the back on a lounge chair with a nice glass of sangria Wondering what all the fuss is about, you know. That's... It's normally it's it's normally Winter Soldier with an assault rifle at range five. To be is fair, it? okay, yeah, he's like <laughs> I'll just shoot everything. I mean, I, mean but... I, I, I will admit that I looked at the um, I looked at the objectives and I thought to myself, there's that resistance transport or the couch, the one that can do red moves even while stressed. It's like I would just stop three turns in a row. No, no you can't. Well, you can you can sit on the ones, but you can't tow. Uh, with advanced maneuvers, and yeah. that that would include your stop and your reverses. Yeah, but you can you can sit next to the one for the satellite, right? And this is why you know the the four are different. So yeah. you know, it's no good for the dogfight. It's no good for the towing one. It's probably not any good for the scrambling one, other than they're sitting there, kind of making you come and fight something to take it away. Um, but you know you, you can't just sit and be like, yeah, well, I'll just keep scoring this one by sitting stationary for three turns in a row and then doing a one forward clearing on my stress with Corsella and then reversing back and then stopping for two turns in a row and that's my I think that, that's my moves you know something that might be useful instead of giving people the option of where to put the obstacles uh, not the obstacles the objectives is like mcp there is a set place each token goes so you go right then this one goes at range two uh from your board edge range three in same on the other side and there and then you have the central one so everyone it's a set place every time i mean yeah for for events that would certainly speed things up yeah yeah i mean i think people will get used to the placement rules um fairly quickly uh it, it's they're awkwardly phrased but i think once somebody explains it to you while pointing out things with um measuring rulers it's like ah okay it becomes clear but i mean i'm going to be bringing a measuring tape with me um which is something that i hate about other um war games and i like about x-wing was that you didn't need a measuring tape yeah um but you know bringing a tape with you to help you to set up the center board of a game um and i will seek permission from the people at element to see if we can put little crosses in the center of the x-wing mats um because you know they're that's relevant now and it can be mistaken for a, a clumsily drawn star by a child or something um, in future. Yeah. So or a clumsily um, drawn star trophy. <laughs> yeah. High quality. That that was high quality. Didn't fall apart at all. Um, you should have done. You really let us down on that. I did. I let the whole team down. Um, <laughs> so um, 
all right, I think that's probably enough um, for tonight, to be honest. Um, we've all got a bunch of lists that we're going to be playing over the next few days um, at Element or elsewhere online or whatever. We're going to do, um, I'm not sure when we're going to re release the second one, um, but it'll be later on in the week. Um, when we're going I just to want to throw it out there fun. that my Sift Taker open list still fits. Does it? Yeah. There's a bunch of fun stuff that does fit again. That didn't I actually got fit. an extra ship. Yeah, I'm thinking about trying XY's 5i5, uh, 4i5 Republic list. I love that list. There's too much other stuff in yeah, Republic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, there's so much stuff to use. I've got two Republic lists and one Rebel list packed already. Um, oh, and I'm I've trying got... to find a resistance one that I can fit into the case with everything else. I think I must have packed about eight to ten lists. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got room for three three and i've got three in there at the minute i'm trying to figure Although, out if i can make enough not, space for another one not one resistance or first order list i could just bring another bag of stuff couldn't i, I mean I, I i genuinely am just going to bring my entire box of scum and my entire box of Im, uh, imperials with me for tomorrow so. <laughs> that'll be fine it'll all work all right what are you um, taking rich uh oh, bastion no i've not got any resistance <laughs> I, i'll tell you i've got um i've got a Republic list that's got Goji and R2-D2 because that's... Okay, it's got fun. an M1 in, but it's got uh, an, an N1. A what? An N1? That one. Oh, that baby, one, That one does. It's got a Naboo Handmaiden in. Yeah, so I've <laughs> I got... Knew it. But the um, uh, R2-D2, you see, has Trajectory Simulator now. So you can trajectory simulator a bomb forward and then fly everything onto it and use Goji's ability to then give everybody extra greens. It just joust He me. should only be um, able to trudge sim himself out of the uh, the white wing. Or lightsabers. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he's got a sensor slot, but he does. So why not? Let's do it before they take it off him. Um, <laughs> so there's that one. And I've got um, I've got two lists. I've got um, crit, meme anime, crit Meme Annie in. So seven points worth of Malice and Auto Blasters and Marksmanship and R7A7 and all that nonsense just to see if he's worth seven points. And then I've got a Rebel list, which has got two Rebel Fangs in, which if I only use one list is probably that one. Um, because I want to, you just want to use the fangs. You've been I desperate do, yeah. to use it. Two, it's two fangs, a B wing, an A wing, because you have to put hobby in every list to make it up to twenty points, and um, <laughs> an X wing as well. So it's got, it's quite, it's quite good. It's like got same Kyrell and Gina Moonsong two I fives, and then it's got hobby who's a four or a three, and then um, the fangs are who's three hobby? as well. Uh, Derek Clivian. Oh, Derek. Derek. Does call him hobby? Because it's his, uh, it's his nickname, subtitle. Nice. What's it? No so just just before we finish, um, if you, what faction is your favourite at the moment? Like which ones piqued your interest the most? The, the the one that is always fun to fly but never good is Republic, and I think that it's got so many cheap options. Like it's got so many things at three that you can just count to twenty. Um, using them plus Contrail as a two to to top it up. You don't need to put the expensive stuff in. What about um, you, Liam? Uh, well, I think Separatists and First Order. Are no, no, which which spot. one faction? <laughs> I'm saying that I think they're in a bad spot, so I've naturally yeah. gone towards Scum. What about you, Tim? Which is my original one. Um, Imperials, because the tie advanced. There we go. <laughs> Six tie advanced. Well, let's you know, f five was good in two point oh, so I can take 
6 and Night Beast or 5 and 7 Sister, I will accept that generous offer. It's pretty disgusting, to be honest. Yeah. I've gone the same way as you, Rich. Um, I don't think they're probably not the best, but Republic does keep tickling my fancy just because it's cool. It's making me want to go and buy a third V-Wing so I can run that ridiculous seven ships for them. I mean, I think, yeah. in- interestingly, like, you know, you talk about, obviously, they want to make named pilots more appealing. Um, perhaps that is the thing with the Republic because, you know, we have seen a lot of characters from sort of... Um, you know, Clone Wars and, you know, perhaps the prequels and stuff that just ne- that those characters never got a look in or even certain ships like, you know, the M1 was cool, but it was always Rick that you never saw any of the other ones really. Occasionally yeah, you saw... A little bit of Annie, didn't you? Yeah, a little baby Annie, a little bit of Bravo occasionally, but generally it was Rick. Um, but, you know, now perhaps we'll see a bit more variation. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I would say like... Do I agree with some of the changes? Probably not, but am I still going to play it? And am I excited to play it? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to getting some sh- more ships out there and pushing it around and um, seeing what, yeah, is going on. Good good bit of a summary there, Tim. Um, so I think we'll leave it there. Um, we're not going to do all of the Rinder Houses goodbyes and shout-outs and stuff because we're going to be back later on in the week. Um, so um, I'll just say uh, cheers for joining me tonight and thank you to Liam. Toodles. Uh, cheers to Ben. Bye. Uh, and to Tim. Goodbye. And for me, bye bye. It's all about the game. And how you play it. It's all about control. And if you can take it, it's all about your debt. And if you can pay it, it's all about the pain. Who's gonna make it? I am the game. You don't wanna play me. I am control. There's no way you can shake me. I am your debt. And no, you can't pay me. I am your pain. I know you can't take